Here at the Product and Packaging Powerhouse, our key mission is really to help with unveiling the realities of product developments, packaging strategies, and business tactics, empowering you, productpreneurs, and brands to advance, ascend, and accelerate your products into your marketplace. Okay, hello everyone. Welcome to today's episode here on the Product and Packaging Powerhouse. I'm your girl, Megan. You know me by now if you listen to all of our episodes. And I'm so excited to have our industry powerhouse with me today, which is Miss Christina Troutman. She is a packaging artwork manager. So let me just say, if you look at the graphics on any product that is displayed on the packaging, and you've ever been curious to know what it's like, who is responsible for ensuring all the information is on there, getting it to all the right internal, external stakeholders, proofing processes and more, this episode's for you because my girl, Christina, she does all of that. So she is a packaging artwork manager and she helps make sure all the information that is required on packaging gets on there and coordinates with all the different team members. So Christina, welcome to the show for today. Thank you. So excited to be here. Yes. So guys, I'm so excited for this one and you'll hear throughout this episode why I'm excited to speak with Christina, but I can't drop the tea yet. So anyways, um, Christina, to have you kick off for today's episode, share a little bit about yourself, how you got into the role, or really how you got into packaging. Absolutely. So just to start off, I am an Atlanta native, born and raised here. And can I just jump into how I started in packaging? I had to go back in my like memory bank to remember how long it's been <laughs> since I got into this world. And it's been about seven or eight years now. Um, I actually started off my like career, so to speak, as like a receptionist, admin assistant. So I did not start off in the packaging world or consumer goods world at all. I started off as an admin assistant, receptionist, things along those lines. And I was working as an admin at a job and I had just at a company and I had kind of reached my breaking point internally with the company <laughs> and I wanted to go somewhere else. And honestly, if I was, if I was being honest with myself at the time, I wanted to do something else. But what that something else was, I had no idea, like literally blank, no idea what I wanted to do next in life outside of not being an admin assistant. I ended up interviewing with this company based in Atlanta. It's a, it's a, a gift wrap, greeting cards type of a company. So think Hallmark type company. Interviewed okay. with them for an admin assistant role. Spoke with a the gentleman there, interviewed. I thought it went well, found out I didn't get the role. And I was like, oh. But I really, like, I just, I wanted to get it. I really liked the company. I really liked him. Um, and then about literally a few days later, not even a week later, I get a call back and the HR woman is like, hey, can you come in and speak with same gentleman again for a associate product development manager position? And quite honestly, I was like, I don't know what that is. Like, what, yeah. what, what is that? I don't know what a product development manager does, like. And I'm thinking to myself, this is a waste of time. He didn't want me for the role that I knew exactly what the role would be. So now he wants me to interview for something that I have no idea about. Mm -hmm. I was like, you know what, let me humor him and just go in here and do this. So I went in there, I did it. And literally that same day, literally walking me out of the interview, he was like, if you want the role, it's yours. Wow. And I was, yeah, I was shocked. I was like, what? And later on um, in my time with him, we kind of sat down and chatted and I was like, why did you give me, you know, the role of, of an associate product development manager for something that I had no, you clearly saw 
that I had no background in that, had no knowledge of it whatsoever. And he said, mm -hmm. I knew that you could do this. He's like, I, I knew I could teach you how to do it. And I knew that you did not want to be an admin assistant anymore. He's like, I could feel it in your spirit. And I knew you wanted something different. And wow. that was like, yeah, I knew you want, he's like, I knew you wanted something different. And I wanted to give you that chance. So from there, I started working, like I said, as an associate product development manager, worked through a couple of different companies here and there. I got into packaging development at a beauty brand, um, also based here in Atlanta, doing packaging artwork um, and kind of in that role, just being kind of the middle person between sales, brands, design, mm -hmm. helping facilitate that. And then to my role now as a senior design project manager in the packaging um, segment of our company. Okay. There I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And thank you for sharing your background. And one thing I'm realizing as I'm having different speakers come onto the podcast is that into packaging, some form of fashion, we did not start in packaging, we didn't study packaging. You know, now there are some on the show that did study packagerial science and graphic design, et cetera. But the fact mm -hmm. that you start off as an admin assistant and mm -hmm. going through the evolution to an associate product development manager, to a packaging artwork manager, to a senior project manager, respectfully for packaging, it just showcases to the audience listening that you do not have to start and study only in packaging. There are so many different routes to get into this field. And it's not talked about, especially for this role, exactly, you know, that you do nowadays and how you came about it, you know, which is very fascinating. I love that you said as an executive assistant, I got sick and tired of being sick mm -hmm. and tired. You didn't want your potential to be limited in that role. And you were hungry to seek for something better and greater and more mm -hmm. fulfilling. And so now looking back, what would you tell yourself back then? now i would tell myself to remain calm <laughs> mm -hmm. and don't don't feel like because you don't know the direction that you want to go that you're failing i feel like sometimes we feel like if we don't have a clear direction for our lives we feel like we're failing mm -hmm. and it's just like i'm never going to be able to like i don't know what i want to do i'm never going to figure it out like don't limit yourself be mm -hmm. willing to open yourself up to opportunities and be willing to listen to whatever higher power you believe in. I believe in God, so believe in God or whoever, whatever spirit you believe in. My grandma used to always say, you may be down, but you're not out. Just remember that. Like you may be down in terms of you don't know where you want to go, but you're not out. And you still have the capability to get on the path that you want to go to, even if you don't know if that is right or left. Yeah. Just go a direction. Just go a direction and you'll figure out along the way if it's the right path or not. And you can always detour. Like you can always U-turn. You can always, you know, yeah. go right when you could have went left. You know what I mean? Like there's always opportunity to change your path. Remember that. Like you don't have to be oh. solid in it. Yeah. When I tell you our grandmama and them would have like so much wisdom that we didn't understand mm -hmm. as kids back then. But now as working adults and such, and I call us, we're in the sandwich phase. So you're thinking about your career, your families that you're building in your household, then thinking about our parents and what does, you know, taking care of them look like we're in that sandwich phase and grandma and them, auntie, all of them would, would tell <laughs> us those things, you know, that you may be down, but you're not out. 
it's okay to pivot. Mm -hmm. It's okay to detour, make a U-turn. You're going to hit roadblocks, but don't think mm -hmm. you're out for the count because there's mm -hmm. something in it along the journey that's just for you and to get you to where you're supposed to be at ultimately. So I love that. And shout mm -hmm. out to all the grandmothers and granddaddies, <laughs> all of them, because they have so mm -hmm. much wisdom. They like, just keep on living, baby, because you don't mm -hmm. know what you don't know, but I'm giving you this wisdom and mm -hmm. you'll receive it when the time is right. So shout out right. to grandma. So Absolutely. I also believe that other people see things in you that you may not see in yourself. Like I said, mm -hmm. this gentleman asked my first job. I thought that I aced the interview and, you know, like he would give me the administrative assistant job, but he saw that like, no, believe that, the, I know the world is crazy, but believe that there are still good people out here. There's still people mm -hmm. who see you for who you are and be willing to take a chance. Like I think a lot of people feel like, well, nobody's going to take a chance on me. I don't have any experience or I don't understand. And there are. They will. Mm -hmm. Oh, and let me just say, like, I resonate with that because when I got my PMP certification, I was down. I thought I was out, but I was not. Mm -hmm. And the same health and beauty company that you worked at, I worked at too. And our paths mm -hmm. were right after each other. And I would never forget going into that interview. And I'm thinking, I just bombed this interview. I'm new to this. You know, mm -hmm. I can do a lot of things and I showcase my experience, but I thought I was out and they was like, nah, sis, we want you back, <laughs> you know, in as little as mm -hmm. those two weeks. So to that point, there's still good people out there. And those people are willing to take a chance on you, especially when they see that you're hungry, you're driven, motivated, mm -hmm. determined. They're like, mm -hmm. I can teach you the skills. And that's the thing. Mm -hmm. You can teach anybody the skills. It's the drive in that person that really aligns with the skill set that makes them ultimately that best person in that role and then excelling into the next pursuit. So I love that. Absolutely. Yes. I love Absolutely. that. So let's talk a little bit about what is a day in the life like as a packaging artwork manager? What is a day in the life like? Um, well, for me, it starts early. <laughs> yeah, I'm in you do get up early. Uh, yeah, I do. <laughs> so I'm an early riser. So it gets starts for me um, with kind of getting up to kind of evaluate what I did the previous day, what needs to be done for this day. So to be more specific about the role itself, though, but you're kind of getting up to see, you know, what new projects you may have in your queue for the day, you know what meetings you have in your queue for the day, you know, what is the sales team needing for that day? And if you're working with a sales department in my mm -hmm. current and past career, I definitely work with a sales team and we are kind of guided in terms of what projects that we work on from the sales team, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, so the sales, they're going out, they're connecting with say Amazon or, or Fenty Beauty or whoever the company is they're making those connections and then they're bringing back to us the customer's kind of design request. Oh, Amazon wants a two by two by two box, <laughs> you know, that has this graphics on it, that the box is this size. Fancy Beauty, which I, I don't work for, <laughs> put that disclaimer out there. <laughs> right. Work for Amazon we don't either. work for them. <laughs> <laughs> so Fancy Beauty wants this, you know, primary packaging, which the folding carton for whatever her lipstick or lip gloss bomb is going to go in or um you know they want this design they want it to be this size so kind of looking at that evaluating that information 
connecting with our sales team um, to make sure that I have all the information that is necessary in order to pass that along to our design team. So then that includes kind of connecting with our design team. Hey guys, we're working with Amazon now and Amazon wants this, they need this, they need that. They need this, this box this way with this printing on it. Um, they need another box with this, with that printing on it. They need, you know, this kind of kind of verbiage on the box. They need this kind of, you know, if you're doing Cincy Beauty, they need this kind of regulatory information on the packaging. Um, yeah. They're going to need samples. Can you cut out samples for them? They need a presentation. So kind of delivering all of that information to our design team and then funneling that, scheduling that into their schedules. So a lot of my job is a lot of like process work. So a lot of admin work. It's kind of <laughs> made full <laughs> circle there. A lot of admin work in terms of scheduling it in to our design team schedules, um, connecting with the other packaging managers on our team because a lot of times you are sharing resources. So mm-hmm. kind of connecting with the team to say, hey, I have this, you have this. Can we move this? Because this project amount that this project is selling for is worth, you know, a gazillion dollars. Meanwhile, you have this one, it's kind of worth a thousand. So, mm-hmm. you know, my project kind of trumps yours in priority. Um, mm-hmm. So getting getting that artwork and getting those things scheduled into our, with our design team, connecting back with our sales team to say, hey, you know, these are the questions from design, whatever questions that they may have. This is the timeline of when we'll be able to provide your deliverables to you. Like I said, whether that includes drawings, graphics, samples, presentations, they want customer facing meetings and they want design to be there. I have to kind of coordinate that as well. So it's a lot of, a lot of work. um, Yeah. In, in, in the day to day. Oh, we, all I hear is shuffling between and serving Mm -hmm. as like the middle person between sales, the graphic designers, the client requests, design team, Mm -hmm. you know, it's a lot of different parties at hand. And then if you're mm-hmm. at a packaging manufacturing company, thinking about how long is it going to take to manufacture this, to backtrack mm-hmm. into your timeline and communicate that to the client. So I hear shuffling and I really shouldn't mm-hmm. say shuffle, but more juggling would be more appropriate. You're juggling. To be honest, Absolutely. Because you're juggling yeah. so many different people, so many different clients, mm-hmm. so many different requests, mm-hmm. different regulatory requirements for the brands, because that's a whole nother thing. Um, mm-hmm. you are juggling and you're trying to find, have that fine balance between all the clients, all the projects and still maintain timing across all of them. So my question to you is how do you juggle dealing with sales, graphic design, potentially regulatory manufacturing, um, designers, how are you juggling all the different internal and external stakeholders in your role? It is a very fine line that you you are walking because essentially everyone outside of your role is your client and you want to kind of please your clients and you have Mm -hmm. multiple clients in multiple directions and they all essentially want the same thing, but it may not all be at the same time. You know, Mm -hmm. sales is very much, can we have it two weeks ago, but we just put it in today. You know what I mean? Design is is sometimes, yeah. oh, I know they needed it yesterday, but I need there's a few more tweaks I need to make today. So it's very much almost overly communicating is how you have to balance that. You have to overly communicate. Hey, John in sales, I know you needed this on this day, but this is what's happening. You know, you give them kind of finite details. You may not go in depth, 
this is what's happening in design. Can we, you know, is there any wiggle room in this due date uh, team? Hey, I really need this project out from, you know, Sarah in design, but she's kind of overbooked with your projects. Can I shift this in front of, uh, mm. in front of your projects and ensure that Sarah's able to get this out on time? Hey, Cantech, we really need these samples out. I know they said five, but they really need 10. Can I add another hour or two in your day to kind of cut these out the same day so we don't have to split this up? So it's like I said, it's overly communicating with each person and doing what you can to make sure that you're following as closely to the timeline as possible. That does not always happen, unfortunately, mm -hmm. but you have to be willing to communicate that out and be willing to take sometimes the heat that comes from if you're changing a deliverable date to something that is not necessarily what sales or whoever you're working with is wanting. So you're going to get the heat because you're, you're the, the manager of it all. So mm -hmm. they're looking at you like, well, what happened or why isn't it this way? So you have to kind of yeah. be able to stand firm in what you're saying and understand that it's not personal. These people, it's business at the end of the day, people are trying to make money and they're <laughs> trying to get things out as quickly as possible to get to that money. So I would say over communicating is a huge juggle with getting everything out Oof. in as much of a timely fashion as you can and dealing with as many stakeholders as you can and trying to like at least loop them all in into one conversation together. So it's not you're having to talk to, you know, Sarah and, you know, Josie and, you mm -hmm. know, Stacy and whoever. Five, mm -hmm. if you're communicating with the same method five different times to five different people but it's all the same message yeah. so because yeah. let me just say as a project manager everybody talks about the good side of it you know we're helping mm -hmm. keep things on on time on schedule on budget everybody's happy but nobody really talks about you know the real deal of sometimes it's the hard truth that we have to communicate to our clients you know whether mm -hmm. it's sales design a you know, external client, whomever, and standing firm on what we're saying. And mm -hmm. sometimes it's not always on time. You know, what does that look like? And what are the implications of us not meeting the timing and what those conversations look like? So I think, mm -hmm. you know, that's the reality of the situation, especially as project managers. Like we want to be on time, on schedule, on, on budget for everything, right? But that's not the real world, especially when brands are out here figuring out how to make money. You know, mm -hmm. what's the implication of this, of modifying this strategy or this campaign? Or if we bundle this, how do we then modify the sizing for the boxes? Or we want to think about holiday time, but yet we're so late or whatever the case is. It got picked up from this retailer. It did not, or they shifted. Guys, it's so many different changes that as project mm -hmm. managers, like Christina said, we have to overly communicate things. But then two, sometimes that information is not communicated back to us. And then we're looking at the schedules. We're like, well, mm -hmm. this is where we're at. This is what is going to happen and the implications. And this is the fact. Hard date. Mm -hmm. This is it. There is no middle ground. And so mm -hmm. I appreciate you sharing it because I think it's one of the the real truths about being in this role that's not communicated. It's only the good, the sunshine and the rainbows, but <laughs> this is the reality of this type of role, especially, you know, in health, beauty, wellness, or any industry rather for developing mm -hmm. products and the packaging. So I, I appreciate you for sharing that and being transparent. Since we're still on this like 
the real deal or the ugly truth about this role. Mm -hmm. What would you say is another ugly truth about this industry just as a whole? I would say as nice as people are and as understanding as they are willing to teach you, there are just that many people, if not more, who don't care about what you don't know. Mm. Um, they don't care about what you don't know. And they feel like that's not my responsibility. That's, that's not my bag, but you don't know this, but I needed you to know it. Like, you know what I mean? Like they mm. always say you don't know what you don't know. And that definitely can affect you in this business, whether it comes to say you're as, as working in packaging, you're working with a vendor and you're negotiating pricing, you know? If you don't know that lipstick tube is can be 15 cent, oh, well, they sold it to me for 50 cent and you go back to your company and then you're like, oh, well, I was able to negotiate this for 50 cent. And they're looking at you like, this should be, this should be 25 cent. You're costing us money. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Well, oh, I didn't know that these types of graphics can't go on this substrate. What do you mean you didn't know? You didn't ask anybody? Like nobody told you? You know what I mean? This mm -hmm. is now you're, we're going to have to read. I know, you know, brown substrate doesn't, graphics don't print sometimes as well on brown substrate as it does on white. Why didn't you, why didn't you suggest that to us? Why didn't you tell us that, you know, graphics don't necessarily print on brown as they do in white? Now we're going to have to go back to the customer. And we've gone all the way through this process to tell them we have these samples. It looks terrible. Like, why mm. didn't you let us know? And mm. they're looking at you like, why didn't you communicate this to us? Why didn't you know this enough to come back and tell us, mm -hmm. you know, where we may have went wrong or, you know, things of that nature. So, like I said, as willing as people are to teach you, there are a lot of people out there who, like I said, don't care what you don't know. That's the real truth. And, <clears throat> and just from what I'm seeing and just speaking with people who've been in this industry and in similar roles, you know, for one year versus 10 years, it seems like the common theme that all of us have experienced is, you know, not getting all information. So to your point, you're like, I mm -hmm. overly communicate, you know, I'm really trying to drive the team to have collective meetings amongst all clients, you know, internal, mm -hmm. external to ensure that we're all on one accord. We all know the same information being communicated, the same information in real time at the same time, you know, mm -hmm. but to that point, sometimes we don't know the substrate materials or how graphics may execute on select substrate. If it's textured, you know, brown or craft, yeah, it's going to have a different output than it being a premium white, you know, on a smooth mm -hmm. substrate. Two totally different substrates. Graphics are the same. But a lot of times, if that's not being communicated, then it does have trickle down impacts. And then it's like, yeah, we're going back to the drawing board. But how can we get all that information up front on the brief, on the dossier or whatever, to make sure that we are all on one accord? We know the scope. We understand the changes from the clients to then see how we can mitigate any type of risk. And how can we all be on one call? to talk about it, to show the graphics, to show the substrate, to say, hey, that's not going to produce well. Eh, mm -hmm. I don't know about that graphic there or come up with multiple graphics. Like guys, it is a, save yourself a hassle. Okay, you hearing it from both of us because we both are on, we both do this role, okay? Um, as a project manager and also as packaging artwork managers. This mm -hmm. is a day in the life and every day is something different, a different curveball thrown our way. Every single day, almost every hour, 
just about mm-hmm. Christine. I don't know if it's every hour for you, but for it's almost every hour for me. It's a curveball thrown. But how no, you? Like, yeah, like <laughs> it's something all the time. But how can we all get on a call, do a quick power round, power hour, whatever? to really highlight here's what the client wants from a graphic and aesthetic standpoint. Here is where they're getting placement at, whether it's retail, international, wherever, to the type of substrate they want to utilize based upon their pricing and quantities, you know, to the scope of the product and the campaign. All of those things matter to help us with knowing how to properly manage these projects, guys. Like it is not easy. It is not for the faint-hearted. I'm not going to front. It's fun, but it's not for the faint-hearted. It is, it is absolutely fun. It is fun at the end of the day to like work on something and you go into Target, Walmart, TJ mm-hmm. Maxx, whoever, whoever your customer, um, maybe your product, the product maybe ended up and to see something that you worked on sitting on that shelf to get mm-hmm. something in the mail that, you know, you worked on. Like it mm-hmm. brings you a type of joy. Most of the time, it brings you a certain type of joy. Sometimes, depending on what you've gone through with that product, you might be like, oh. I'm (laughs) I'm so glad that's over with it. Yeah. Right. (laughs) But most of the time, it brings you joy to see that. It brings you, you know, joy to just to learn about new things. You know what I mean? To to talk Mm -hmm. with your design team and learn how their brain thinks. To talk to sales, to learn how they negotiate. Like, it strengthens you as not only within your role as a packaging manager or project manager, but it helps you, you know, personally too, because it develops, it sharpens your knife. Absolutely. Absolutely. And one thing I always loved, especially in corporate that I still implement to this day is going to the different stakeholders and sitting with them, get on conversation, you know, joining the calls to really seek to understand why they do this, why they do that. Oh, this is why they asked me for this, or this is why they produce this type of initial brief or deliverable for me. Oh, this is why this type of client in this industry sector is doing X, Y, Z. So guys, join the conversations, be a fly on the wall because you will gain Mm -hmm. so much from that to then communicate to the designers. I sit with them all the time. I cannot draw a stick figure. I do good to write my name, okay? So (laughs) I go to the designers to really seek to understand, okay, tell me why this layer is like this versus this layer. Tell me why mm-hmm. this is placed like this. Tell me why we need to have this much bleed and trim here. Tell me why from the CAD, you know, from the CAD table to production, why we should account for this. So asking any and everybody that's involved in the process, hey, can I just sit in just to listen? I don't need to add any commentary, <laughs> but just seeking to understand because that helps you know more information to then be able to communicate that going forward in your project. So I think that's gold. So thank you for sharing that. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. So now let's talk a little bit about diversity in this space, because I'm going to be honest, when I got into this space, I didn't, I didn't see anybody that, that looked like me, that represented me as a black woman, a female Mm -hmm. in this space a growing professional in this space. So what has your experience been like, you know, just seeing representation in this industry? It has been interesting. Um, I can say, <laughs> I have, yeah. honestly, I have not had, how do I put this politically correct? Um, 
I've been in corporate spaces where there are not a lot of us, and by us, I mean women, specifically women of color, in project manager, packaging manager, those types of roles. Mm -hmm. And I can't say that it's because the companies don't want to hire them. I can't say that at all. I, Mm -hmm. I honestly think that a lot of it is that we don't know that this space exists for us. Mm-hmm. We don't know that we can come in and plant our feet and grow here. Like, yeah, nobody growing up in school, you know, high school, college, I didn't know that there were career opportunities in this space. I didn't know mm-hmm. that there was a person behind the packaging of, you know, my favorite box of cereal or my favorite, you know, chips or whatever like I didn't know Mm -hmm. that there was someone in that in that space that did that and I definitely didn't know that it could be a person of color that could be in that role I don't Mm -hmm. think it's lack of companies not wanting us there I think it's lack of knowledge Mm -hmm. in our community that we don't know so unfortunately there are not a lot of us I have not seen a lot of us in this space um, in these spaces whether it be, you know, the different mm-hmm. companies that I work for, whether it be even going to different schools. I've been to different schools that have, you know, packaging within their curriculum. And I didn't see a lot of us, didn't see a yeah. lot of us in, in the space either. So mm-hmm. it's just, I don't know, it's being trickled down to us in those kind of our development years that this is a mm-hmm. space that we can go into. So. I said all that to say yeah. <laughs> um, that there's not a lot of us in, in these spaces, but I don't think it's necessarily due to businesses and corporations not a quote unquote allowing us in the space. Mm-hmm. I think it's a lack okay. of knowledge that the space exists for us to be in. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. I agree. And on a prior episode that I did with Adam Peake, who is the host of People Packaging Podcast, shout out to Adam. Packaging is a trillion dollar business. And he mentioned that on the podcast. I also spoke with one of my mentors, Camille Corchism, who's in automotive packaging. She's a black woman who studied packagerial science. Um, I see Yolanda Malone, who is the VP of sustainable packaging at PepsiCo, to Victoria Chapman, um, who is with the food and um, spice company, VP of packaging. So to that point, we see, we are present, you know, from females mm-hmm. and women of color, uh, minorities, et cetera. But in school, if you don't go to a packagerial school or a graphic design school or art school, you don't realize that packaging is a whole trillion dollar business. And there's so many different routes to get into mm-hmm. this industry. And that's one reason why I I'm hosting this podcast is to bring more awareness of professionals from all walks of life and their different roles. But also too, I am a black woman who is operating her own Bolton business, bold other people, you know, for a flexible work schedule and things of that sort as well. So I really believe that if schools were to implement and really showcase awareness around packaging and the different Mm -hmm. areas of packaging from manufacturing to the sales part to relative to packaging, you know, if we were to showcase this industry more widely, I think it would open Mm -hmm. up the doors to other minority groups to really understand packaging is more than just the Amazon box. That's one type of packaging, (laughs) but it's so much more to just that shipping Amazon box. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And one thing I remember Camille Corchism mentioning uh, with her 
um, her leading the DEI program at Michigan State University with their school of packaging is they now have a 3-2 program with the HBCU, Historically Black College and University, which is um, North Carolina NCCU. Three years, get an undergrad in chemistry, so a Bachelor of Science in Chemistry, then transfer to Michigan State University, study there for two years and get a master's in packaging just to help bridge the gap of diversity into this space. So guys, we need more awareness and more schools, regardless of where they're located mm -hmm. outside of just packagerial science to really understand and adopt that. There's other routes to go into, you know, with your background um, and also mm -hmm. how you transition into this industry too. Like, look at your story. You start off as an administrative yeah. and now you yeah. are a senior project manager at a packaging company, one of the largest packaging companies at that, to oversee packaging artwork projects for clients. So we, we need more diversity in this space, but it's not that companies don't want to hire us. It's just because we need more awareness, especially the future generations to know that this is a whole industry and the great opportunities in this industry. So if y'all listen to the podcast and your alma mater, if you went to school, wherever, go mentor some kids. Go to the schools and tell them about packaging because they all need it. I'm going to be talking with Kennesaw State University, go Owls, to see how <laughs> we can start expanding the outreach of packaging in the College of Science and Mathematics. That was my, I have an undergrad in chemistry. I wish I would have known about packaging when I was in college. And I was 15 plus years ago now, but I detoured into this industry right on time. So speaking of, you know, working in this space and you working in this space, um, as y'all know, I have my own consulting firm, GLC. And fun fact is Christina and I have partnered on select projects through my own company, which has been uh, very fun, interesting, and learning as well, you know, incorporating different professionals from all different walks of life to help support me mm -hmm. on client deliverables and projects. So um, just share a little bit about what your experience has been like working alongside of me here at GLC. I would say that it's been an absolutely fun experience. Um, it's had its challenges, but not from you <laughs> whatsoever. Uh, <laughs> um, it's been fun. I feel like you, because you understand the business, like you've been down in the nitty gritty of the business, you've been down in the trenches, you have a full understanding of what it is to do this role, you know, and you're extremely, I guess, understanding, I would say. You're understanding, you're extremely knowledgeable. You absolutely go above and beyond in sharing that knowledge. You are very, like, inclusive. Like, you always want to make sure that what whatever we're doing with you or for you is serving us as well. You're not selfish and, like, in the sense that, oh, this is just for me and I need you to do this for me. You are extremely good in communicating how does this does this benefit you is there anything that needs to be changed how can i better better benefit you how can glc better benefit you how can we work through this together you know and i really admire that about you a lot so it's been an amazing experience absolutely love it i could tear up right now christina <laughs> thank you that's why I'm like, you be candid um right. you know but i really appreciate that and you know building out my company and having people like you to support me on the endeavors, it truly means a lot to me. And I'm really about to cry, guys. Um, okay, hold it back, hold it back, hold it back. But no, it truly means a lot to me because building out your own company in a trillion dollar industry that 
mm-hmm. does not have as much um, representation in this space to finding clients to how do we, how do I work? How do I optimize the way I work? How can I do better? How can I be better for the team that I bring on board? I'm up all night and sleepless nights, just really thinking mm-hmm. about how to be better 1% every day. Sometimes I feel like I'm at hundred percent. Sometimes like I'm 10%, but to have professionals like you to join me and trust me, supports me in the different endeavors. And so it really means a lot you know, that I'm one, able to offer opportunities to other professionals who want to learn about the industry already in the industry and want to enhance their skill set. you know, cause y'all consult me on different things as well. Like, mm, let's, let's tackle it this way, or let's think about this too. And mm-hmm. I really try strive to have my company be very collaborative, inclusive, um, and flexible because people mm-hmm. may have a nine to five job. They may be able to stay at home mom. Um, they may be on transition, you know, that's going to be challenging because it's challenging for me, but I mm-hmm. really challenge my team to be better, just like I'm striving to be better too. So I just want to say thank you for, you know, really supporting me, encouraging me um, and being one of my trusted partners at GLC too. It means the world to me. You've done an amazing so, job. You've done more than an amazing job. I'm not sure what word is above amazing, but you've done that. <laughs> Well, I take that and I receive it. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, What one piece of advice would you give to somebody that wants to transition into this industry or to transition to be a packaging artwork manager? I would say, what do the kids say on TikTok? Get on your Zoom every day at 10. So get by that. I mean, just do what you can to research, you know, just Start building an understanding of the business. You know, read books, read, watch YouTube videos to understand um, what you're wanting to get into. Talk to people. You never know what people, who or what people may know. Um, mm-hmm. Read your read your own packaging stuff. Like read the back of your, you know, beauty products, the back of your cleaning products. You know, mm-hmm. start feeling and touching. You know, the things that you get. Start feeling and touching, cutting up your Amazon box to see if you can look through and see the fibers of the core getting and you know Google what's what makes this you know what encompasses this packaging so just start like I said get on your zoom every day at 10 and just start doing your research and show yourself some grace show yourself Mm -hmm. some grace to to know that you know what you may not get that first opportunity you may not even get that second opportunity that you go after but your time will come. Someone will believe in you and you will get that opportunity. I would say that. Mm -hmm. Y'all heard Christina, right? I hope y'all took notes. The biggest thing that I took away from that, I wish somebody would have gave me 15 years ago in college, just go to your drawer, pull out whatever products there is and just start touching, feeling, cut it up. And if y'all listen to this podcast, you'll be able to learn too, because you're hearing all these powerhouses from all different areas of packaging and product development right here on the show too. So gold, just look in your cabinet, even my bottle of water from Kirkland Alkaline Water. That's a whole project that you can look at from the materials to the recycling symbol. Let's see, this is... Yeah, PET, recycle number, number one, to understand what's the resin, how do they determine that number on the bottom of your packaging bottles to the labels that's applied to it. Guys, it will take you down a rabbit hole, but it's so much knowledge and so many inputs that go into creating a product that some of you all may not realize, but 
you're hearing it right here on the product and packaging show. And Christina told you, start in your drawer, pull it out, read it, touch it, cut it up, whatever. And then just kind of do your research and kind of backtrack from there. So I love that. I Mm -hmm. love that. So as we are wrapping up our show for today, we are going to get into our power round. So we are going to be asking Miss Christina about some of her favorites and her favorite thing is traveling. So we are going to put 30 seconds on the clock to ask her about (laughs) some of your favorites. And so you ready? Let's go. (laughs) All right, let's do it. All right. So your favorite thing is traveling. And if you were to travel anywhere for two to three months at one time, where would it be? I would absolutely pack a bag and backpack through Europe. And by backpack, I mean hotel hop because I'm not (laughs) to stay in a hostel, but I would definitely absolutely backpack. (laughs) Hotel hop, I would say, I'll put it that way, not backpack. I would hotel hop through you're going, you know, London and Paris, go see the Eiffel Tower, eat some good food, go to Italy, all those spots in Italy, you know, um, go to Spain and, you know, take a nice little siesta. And I would definitely enjoy doing that. Okay. Say, and you know, two to three days at a time. Oh, we, I love it. I love it. And especially that siesta. So, yeah. Out of all the places and the sites you just mentioned, what would be your number one top site or attraction to go to? I absolutely want to go and spend time on the Amalfi Coast. Like I see the pictures and it just looks absolutely breathtaking to me. I'm a beach girl at heart. So mm-hmm. wanting to be somewhere near the water and the beaches and just sipping wine or water or whatever it is. It doesn't even matter. Something wet. (laughs) And just taking in that experience. It would be like my number one thing. Oh, I love that. Yeah, Uh, yeah, we can say wine. Look, we grown. Um, (laughs) And then last question for you. Packaging is fill in the blank. Packaging is an experience. Mm, It is. Sensory experience. Absolutely. It's an experience, yeah. Yes, I love it. Good that. one. <laughs> it's, it is a good one. And look, y'all better keep yeah. that packaging because we work too hard to make sure right. all the graphics and aesthetics and regulatory information is on there too. <laughs> so y'all better keep that packaging. Oh, I love it. As we are wrapping up our time for today, anybody wanted to learn more about being, to learn more about what it's like in a day in your life? You can absolutely look me up on LinkedIn. I unfortunately, I don't know the backslash of my LinkedIn, but my name is... <laughs> Uh, it's Christina Trotman. So you can Google me on, or is it Google? Google me on LinkedIn. Search me on LinkedIn, <laughs> wherever you are. <laughs> and send me a, a request there. I definitely love to connect with you, share whatever knowledge, um, additional knowledge that I have there. So follow me there on link, connect with me there on LinkedIn and would love to chat with you guys. Awesome. So guys, if you want to get in contact with Christina, my (laughs) colleague and my partner here at GLC, and she's also a packaging artwork manager, I will be having her respective link to connect with her directly on LinkedIn down in the show notes for you all. So guys, at the end of the day, you have learned what it's like in the day of a life as a packaging artwork manager, all the different things we juggle in this role. And I want to leave you with this. And this is what Christine's grandmother gave her that wisdom too, which is if you're down, you're not out. 
regardless of what you're going through, what role, transition, whatever it looks like for you. It may be down, but you're not out. So keep going, keep striving for more and just give yourself some grace because ultimately you're going to reach the destination in due time. So this is Megan tuning out here on the product and packaging powerhouse. Make sure you follow, like, and subscribe to our platforms and give us some love too with some ratings down in the respective podcast platform below. We would love to get your feedback and we appreciate you for tuning in to today's episode here on the product and packaging powerhouse. See you on the next one.